Hello and welcome to this week's Therapy For Me and I'm actually recording on a Friday night. It's the first time I've done this for a little while and there's a reason uh, behind this. There is method in my madness Um, but I'll get to that when we get to the end and it will become obvious why I've done what I've done. I think that makes sense. Um, Let's get cracking because I'm not going to keep you long this week. This is going to be short and bijou and you're going to have plenty of your Saturday morning or Sunday afternoon or whenever you listen to this uh, free to pursue every desire you want to pursue. But not before we've had a bit of twangy guitar. I'm not running this week. I stopped running yesterday uh, because of shin splints. Um, And I know I've talked about shin splints in the past. And uh, I bought some compression socks. And I didn't run in compression socks over the summer because my shin splints had gone. And because you look a bit of a wally in them. Uh, And they came back and I didn't get my... I didn't prepare. I didn't get my socks on quick enough. I didn't... I tried to run through the first couple of times and I shouldn't have done and they compounded and got worse and they got to the stage where they were just they were just hurting too much and I'd felt a twinge also in the base of my back so it was the double whammy of some back pain um, and the shin splints which kind of made me make the decision that probably ought to take uh, a bit of time off. This is the first time I've taken a break since I had COVID and if I'm looking at the last sort of um, three years Covid was the only other time I really took any any time off, so it's a di- it's a difficult decision, but it, it must have been the right decision because actually, as soon as I made it, I knew it was the right one. I've walked every day, so I've I've walked, you know, when I, I would have run. Uh, I've still worn the compression socks, and it's definitely eased through the week. I don't know whether I'll be back on it, whether a week will be enough. It might need to be a fortnight. I'm not looking forward to starting again. And the other thing is I probably won't make my 1,000 miles now this year. I was on track to do it, but I think two weeks off, which is roughly 40 miles for me, I I haven't got the weeks left to pull it back. I pulled it. I pulled the fortnight round that I missed in February, but I'm not going to be able to pull effectively a full month back um or a full four week period back um so i think i'm 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 just going to have to let that go which is something i struggle with um but i need to just i guess i just need to be a bit kinder to myself in that respect and just it is what it is i'm 51 i you know i'm going to pick up injuries um and this is one of those moments and you know maybe i would have tried a couple more runs just to see if it eased but the the double whammy with the back was was enough. What it did mean though, um, instead of running yesterday, I walked and I I got to watch Josh play football yesterday and I walked back from the game. But as I was walking back, it was really warm. In fact, it's been really warm all week. But um, I was carrying my gilet and um, I'd put my case with my sunglasses. Uh, or rather, I was wearing my sunglasses. I'd put my case, my sunglasses case, which had my normal glasses in in as well. Um, I put in my gilet pocket, and as I was walking back, it had fallen out. I realised when I was half a mile from home. So, and it was a four and a half mile sort of trek, nearly five mile trek. So, um, at some point in a best part of four mile route, I'd lost that case. But more importantly, I'd lost a pair of 
of glasses. Um, and I have two pairs of glasses. I have a pair that stay in the car because for distance. So I have a pair that can't stay in the car. And I have a pair that I have around, which I use for, you know, things like computer work and watching the TV because my, my, they really help with mid-distance work. Um, and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to... And, and, of course, one pair I, I get two because you invariably get the second pair cheaper, so it actually works out. So I was thinking, oh, I want, what, you know, buying one pair of glasses is quite expensive. Um, and I got home and I was telling Alison what I'd done and she said, go and have a look. Somebody might have picked them up. And sure enough, I drove around and I found them and I saw them. They were on the top of a wall. And it's that strange thing because she'd said, go and see if somebody's found them. They probably picked them up and put them on a wall. And that's exactly where I did find them. And it's that kind of unique, quirky British thing that you would, if you see something when you're out walking, you will pick it up and you'll put it on the wall near where you found it. And obviously we see, you know, we see gloves and hats and things all the time. But I'm really thankful, shouting out a thank you to whoever it was who walked past my glasses case, not knowing there were glasses in it, I guess, and just put them on the wall. So I was able within, I I guess I probably hadn't, they probably weren't out of my... Uh, possession for more than an hour uh, before I drove around and and, and spotted them. So um, I was cursing my leg, I was cursing my shin splints, I was cursing losing my glasses, and then felt a bit better and very thankful of everybody in the world um, for that little that little moment of Britishness and putting a lost item on a wall. Tuesday. Disney continues to be my favourite of the streaming services, and I'm thoroughly enjoying Andor, um, which I think has got a real Blade Runner feel around it. I think it's absolutely fantastic, and the story arc on that is really superb, following on from how good Kenobi was, which was also fantastic. But the gem at the moment is is The Old Man, which is this Jeff Bridges um sort of series it's got uh, John Lithgow and Jeff Bridges in it and it's really really great um, I didn't expect it to be anything like as good as it is it's reminiscent of something that maybe Clint Eastwood would, would probably have made as well it's slow it's dark it's brooding um, and I'm thoroughly thoroughly enjoying it uh, two central performances absolutely great support cast absolutely great um, if you get Disney and you want to watch something that's a little bit out from the norm, then I would recommend wholeheartedly The Old Man. Wednesday. Now, in this week of all weeks, I really could bang on about politics. Um, I've hit one of those points that I've had a couple of times where I'm I'm loving the drama in one respect, but I am really in despair as to where we are. And it's... The, the note I wrote down for this little section was, uh, how do you solve a problem like this? And that's now the real, that's the real problem. I mean, we've had uh, an okay PMQ um, performance today, but the markets are absolutely falling. There's no, there's no, we, as we get close to um, the point where the Bank of England is going to stop supporting um, government bonds, and stop plowing money in to buy government bonds to keep the, um, to, you know, to keep the yields up. Then um, the markets are getting very, very jittery. Now we've already had one tax U-turn. We've also in a situation where over the weekend it was pretty much every in all the newspapers that she wouldn't be able to make any significant um, cuts 
um, that 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 actually you know not uprating benefits in line with inflation was kind of a no go. And if you look around the departments, the kind of money she's going to need to save, then I, nobody knows where she, the money's going to be found to pay for the um, the budget. The the forty five pence um, you know tax cut, which has been reversed, is hugely symbolic. And I'll be the first person to say it was remarkably tinnied and why on earth did you do it? But actually, in the scheme of things, it was only two billion quid. Um, it wasn't a, a big issue in that respect. I, don't get me wrong. As a as a kind of flag waving policy, it was it was a ridiculous piece of timing. But the, the point of the matter is that it wasn't a big cost. It was nothing like the other costs in the uh, you know in the package. So I don't think it's obvious where the forecasts, uh, sorry, where the savings are going to come from. It doesn't look. I mean, the OBR forecast for the um, you know is looking like it's going to be pulled forward to the end of October. That's not going to. It's not going to land well. There's not going to be a lot of good news in that particular forecast. So I don't know how you, how and what you do next. Because the other thing is, it's it's really not clear how the Tory party actually sorts this problem out. She's not had support of the. Um, the parliamentary party. She had about third support of the parliamentary party. So she's already effectively um, marshalling a minority government. Um, she's run out of posts she can give to people. Um, 12 years into a government, you've probably got 50 to 60% of the people who are on the bank benches have had a government position at some point in time and have managed to either be sacked or have fallen out with an administration, which, which means that there's no way those people are on side. So you know, at best you've got a third left, which means you can just about fill the, the number of government vacancies, um, you know, that you've got. So she's already got a problem in that respect in terms of, um, you know, party management's going to be really, really complicated. But I don't see, more globally, for the party at large, for the people who are looking at the tanking, um, you know, figures. I mean, we're looking at, at polls now that are saying they are losing people in the blue wall, which is a huge, huge, huge concern. It's bad enough losing the red wall. The red wall lent the Tories the votes. Losing them in the blue wall is, 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 is catastrophic. And the thing is, they're not losing them to to the Libs. They're losing them to Labour. This is a straight swap in those seats. It's kind of, this is 97 territory, possibly even, possibly even, you know, worse than that. So, what what do you do? What is the exit strategy for the Tory party? And that's the bit I don't get. That's the bit I... Other than, other than the party thinks to itself, if we fall on our own sword, if we call a vote of no confidence in ourselves and we call an election, what might happen is the losses might not be that great. You might get a load of Tory voters, traditional Tory voters, who might turn around and go, do you know what? They've done the decent thing. They've done the honourable thing in this situation because clearly it's finished. Clearly it's tired. Clearly we need to start again. Clearly they're going to lose. But actually, by doing what they do, they might not lose by as much as they could do if they're, if they're you know, literally hang on kicking and screaming till the last the last minute, which might be the difference between being out for one term, two terms, or or possibly three or four. Now, that's the only that's the only calculable route I see out of this for them. It's a huge, it's a huge, huge gamble. But are they prepared to actually pull 
pull the curtains down on the whole thing themselves. Thursday. I've been to an event uh, which reminded me how much of a privilege it is to be a school governor. And don't get me wrong, there's other things about being a school governor which aren't a privilege and there are things that you have to take very seriously. And it is a serious responsibility when you think about it in its broadest possible sense because at the edges of this there are serious situations that you would need to to stand up and say right I'm the one that can be you know I'm, I'm going to sort this out I'm, I'm going to be held accountable for these decisions but fortunately I'm a governor of school that's absolutely flying and has got an incredible um, leadership team and an incredible staff and it's just a very very inspirational building to be around and today was an example of that um, it was the um, the, the first um, kind of roll of honour ceremony. So what they've they've done is they've put um, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about if you've been in a school um, that's twenty thirty four years old. So you walk in and there's a, they've they've got had one of these wooden um, boards done, which is the kind of thing that in a golf club would list them, the people who were past presidents, or it would have been listed past um, head boys or this that, and the other. And the schools, they've put one of these things in and what they're going to do once a year is they're going to recognise four pupils from um, the year that that leaves, year 11. And they're going to recognise one department every year. And in the first year of doing it, they recognise the English department and drama department and they recognise four pupils. And I was in for the ceremony when um, they, they 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 sort of inaugurated these pupils. Um, present, you know, the, the board had got the names on. I think it's in reception, so you have to walk past it on your way in. Looked absolutely fantastic. A really really nice touch. And there was a story. One of the children there um, had got um, all the way through English. He'd really struggled. Really really struggled with English. And all the way through, his parents had just said, "Look." If we can just get him a four, if we can just get him a four English, just get him get him effectively a pass at English, then that will be an incredible achievement. And this young man, um, his dedication to that, because that's been the entire, almost the five years of, of, of high school have been about getting that outcome because it was something he really, really struggled with. And he worked really hard and there was a, um, a, a talk from his, his tutor to say how hard he'd worked, how he'd constantly wanted to prove, how he'd improve, how he'd constantly asking questions to try and find and unlock the ways that he could get a pass uh, at English. And the head teacher said that on the day of the exam, he found this child in uh, the year 11 common room and... Uh, and he was looking quite down and he went to talk to him and he said, what's wrong? Because he, he thought, oh, grief, his exam's not gone very well. And this child just turned around and said, yeah, I think the exam's going to okay, but it has to go okay. It's got to go okay because I don't want to let my mum down and I don't want to let my dad down. And that as a story in terms of how much it meant to that child, and it wasn't just a few days of, of, of work, it was years of work. Um, and he came. He ended up coming out with a five, which is which is a great result, um, and showed an enormous amount of application and and, and dedication and endeavour. And if you're going to recognise a child, then recognise a child and a student like that. I shouldn't say child; I should say student because he's a young man. But you should recognise a student like that. And it and it really made me. It 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 was wonderful to see. It was humbling to see, and it made me really 
um, realise what a privilege it is in that situation to be part of an institution um, like that. Friday. A Chancellor catches a plane, rushes home because of an issue, because of a major political issue, effectively to be sacked. A Prime Minister U-turns on a budget pledge that's less than a month old, the second time she's U-turned on that particular budget. She then does what can only be described as a car crash of an eight-minute interview. And I have no idea what happens next. I really don't have any idea what happens next. I can only think, because as I said before, I don't know what the route is out, I can only think that they will do the honourable thing, hopefully they will do the honourable thing, and they will call time on their own administration. And I'm not going to say any more than that on this particular subject. The reason why this is slightly shorter and the reason why I'm recording tonight is because I had my COVID and my flu jab today. I've got slight aches in both arms um, and at the time of recording, and it's half past eight, um, and I had my jabs about half past, about quarter past eleven this morning, I feel okay. I'm holding, I'm clutching a piece of wood as I say that, but I feel okay. But I don't know where it's going to go from here. So had I woken up tomorrow morning feeling fluey and shivery and horrible, then there wouldn't have been a TFM this week, um, which seems pathetic on my part. So I can't let it not happen just because I've had a couple of jabs. And let's face it, I'm over the moon to have had my jabs. Really, really pleased that I've had them. Uh, it's it's done, it's dusted, I've had them nice and early. It was the first day today of, of the over 50s age group being able to have them. Unfortunately, our local village hall that was doing them um, had walk-ins going on today and I just I was straight down and they're done and they're dusted. I don't care if that means that Bill Gates can control my left arm. I'm prepared to I'm prepared to live with it. So um, we ne- we'll wait and see how the evening goes. Might be absolutely fine. Probably will be absolutely fine. But you never, never know because I reacted badly to two of the others. Well, not badly, but you know what I mean. I felt a bit ropey for 12, 24 hours, whatever it was. So, um, so I'm going to tie up now. I'm way under the 20-minute mark. You've got three, four, five, six minutes back. Um, Spend it wisely uh, and stay safe. If you've enjoyed Therapy For Me, then please subscribe and share as you see fit. This has been an A Short Stories production.